Hello everyone and welcome to Saints Radio. And uh, it's it's a great privilege to be able to spend these minutes with you as is usually the case on a Tuesday. Uh, this broadcast has particular significance in that it is the, the last broadcast that we will do before, oh, sometime in the middle of August. And um, I have kind of mixed emotions about that because I know it's the right thing to do. But um, this has been a somewhat of a lifeline, if I use that term uh, cautiously, uh, to numbers of saints around uh, around the world who don't necessarily have the opportunity to fellowship with other saints due to their the place where God has positioned them. Uh, many times that can feel lonely. Many times that can feel, uh, you know, kind of like a John the Baptist somewhat where you are the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And um, we appreciate so much the faithfulness and the fortitude of all of our saints because we, each of us has our own scenarios with which we must deal. Many of them are difficult. Lots of them are extremely fulfilling. But this broadcast is a time where we, uh, we're able to just sit and talk and um, we appreciate so much the the faithfulness of so many of you who are uh, are with us every week we joke a lot about the chit chat portion uh, you know it's it's funny because the whole purpose of this broadcast is to chit chat we don't, we make no bones about it we speak about things that are current. We laugh um, regularly. The Holy Spirit will guide us into a topic that is, I would say, inspired. Uh, we discuss deep things in the Spirit, but we don't really have an agenda other than to meet together. And it's good for people to, to laugh and talk. One person's derisive uh, view of chit-chat is replaced by another person's welcoming of it. Uh, it's kind of that way with humor. Um, I, I always like to find things that are humorous. <clears throat> other people don't understand humor. Or they find it uh, unspiritual. Or they feel that in some ways that if you're laughing about something, you're entering into mockery or some kind of foolish jesting. And they'll quote some inane passage about, you know, watching what you say. Don't get into foolish discussions. And uh, I don't believe that that's the interpretation of that passage at all. In fact, uh, Jesus was around some really... Um, dare I say manly men they traveled together if you've ever been around a group of men um, or women for that matter the topics can go all over the place and humor is a part of it it's just the way it is some people just they when God was doling out humor they were over on the other end of the place uh getting skepticism maybe I don't know but we we kind of miss having the opportunity to to laugh and to fellowship with each other but um, I do recognize that the summer months are times of travel of holiday and um, it really it's good at times to to take a, a little bit of a break anyway um, from the from the normal things you do. Um, 
So that's what we're doing. So this is the last broadcast of not only this month, but uh, the next number of weeks. And we'll pick up again in um, the middle of August. But I do want to remind you of the fact that you need to be making plans to be here uh, for the Saints Network Seminar this fall. I've prayed about a number of different titles. There are things that seem to be... um, uh, What's the word? I don't want to say dominating. But things that God is doing proactively, things that God is revealing. But then there are things that we're trying to establish and to implement to secure our proper our proper point of unity and accord going forward and that's certainly necessary when you consider the expanses that God is um, that God is engendering in many different nations I don't I don't know if you by some chance had the opportunity to look at the Facebook page for the network even though Monica is uh, on vacation, she uh, graciously posted some photos of uh, a water baptism that occurred in a very busy section of downtown Sao Paulo, Brazil. And, um, you know, Sao Paulo is the largest city in all of South America. And uh, not too long ago, the team that was visiting there went with Pastor Luciano down to this very area and we met a young man named Esso who is um, under the covering of Pastor Luciano but he's a street minister and um, the, the pictures from and we prayed over him we prayed over the area we um, we pronounced blessing and welcomed all the things that we would as saints, and so um, it was. It was good to see the. Event, <laughs> I guess the events that happened on Sunday night. Uh, we saw some extended videos of how they put that tank together and then brought a massive truck in to fill the thing with water. And then they they did baptisms there on that really busy metropolitan street. It's just phenomenal. Um, You know, God gave us a mission. That mission has not changed. And um, there are those who say, you know, you're not reaching out to to the social scenarios of the day. You're not you don't have love for this group or that group. And in the meantime, we're sacrificing everything we are to spread the message God gave us around the world. And here in Sao Paulo, God is doing a work. There are other places in Brazil, and that those places are growing in number that are hungry for the message of the saints. And this is an extension this is an extension of the work of the First Fruits Church in Sao Paulo, but it's a ministry to the homeless, to drug addicts, to people that have lost their place in society. And um, here they are coming to the Lord, getting baptized in a public street. I, I mean, this, this was a massive metropolitan area. We walked down there. I'm shocked at uh, the fact that they were able to actually put this on but they did it and um, just because I'm not out there baptizing people doesn't mean I don't believe in those things you know over the years and pastoring you would find folks who would get their you know get get their burden burdenometer bursting on a certain topic and they would come to me and unload and then expect me to do the things God had burdened them to do. And when I didn't do it, they'd get angry. And they'd accuse me of not being interested in this thing or that thing or this thing or that thing. 
I mean, you know, everybody has their role to play. And um, I know what mine is, and I'm not going to abandon it just because, because of the thing I just mentioned. So here is one of our network churches who uh, you're going to get to meet this pastor and his family in September here in Dallas. And they're doing an extended work through this other man who is burdened to do this ministry to the very same people who, in some ways, the Saints Network has been derided as being against or turning a blind eye to. I just think that the the humor of our Heavenly Father is really encompassing. And, um, you know, I... I rejoice at the work that's being done. And um, I, I thank God for the way that His Spirit is moving. And you can embrace diversities of tongues. You can embrace the cross. You can embrace the redemptive sacrifice of Jesus. You can embrace the sonship, the message of the saints, the, 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 the word of God and its preaching, and still reach out to these corners of society where people are lost. You still can do that. You know, I didn't, I didn't hear anything from Pastor Luciano or Brother Esso saying, you know, I think we really need to tone down our message of being sons and saints and praying in the spirit and proscuneoing and studying the word because if, if we if we don't tone them down we'll never be able to reach these people that that is a as the old timer would say a lie from the pit of hell i don't believe it's from the pit of hell i think it's from the council of seven but here it is you should look at that picture or those pictures i don't don't really recall how many she posted but we're really grateful for that, and we need to continue to pray for the church and the churches that God is moving so mightily in 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 Brazil. And um, we're we're very much looking forward again to welcoming to welcoming um, the Luciano, uh, Anna, Benjamin, Anna's mother, and I don't know who all else is coming to our seminar here in Dallas. There are things that we're going to be doing while they're here. Uh, our studio is going to be active where we'll be doing some uh, some audio teaching all in Brazil, all in Portuguese, um, concerning the various foundational positions of the saints from the Word that then can be utilized and sent all throughout Brazil. And that's going to be done over a couple of days leading up to the seminar. And then um, you'll have your chance to meet them. And, you know, not long ago I, I extended an appeal to uh, the, the saints who would be willing to contribute to getting those folks over here. We, we committed ourselves in obedience to what the Lord said to bring them here and to take care of them. And I want to thank those of you who have sent in contributions, um, I thank you for your sacrifice, your first fruits offerings. And it's not too late. Um, I'm working with them. Uh, their passports have been granted. Now the visa process is going. We're going to be purchasing the airfares here soon with apologies to Dave Ramsey. I can't wait till every penny is in. Because, see, there, here's where an economical issue is. The longer you wait to buy these tickets, the higher the price goes. So you're actually being financially frugal to go ahead and make the investment. You're saving yourself money by doing it early. And cheapo air doesn't really work very well on these international flights. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. And uh, we're going to be having a, a seminar there in Brazil <clears throat> just a few weeks after ours, uh, the last weekend in September, 
and a number of you have expressed interest in going. Um, it's going to be kind of be. Um, I'll, I'll be sending out. Inf- if you're interested in going, let us know. Um, but I'm going to be sending out instructions as to what you need to do. Uh, I'm not getting the love boat ready to take us all down there together. That wears me out. Uh, we've been to Brazil enough now to know that you can go very effectively and um, safely. So we'll give you the information of which, what hotel we recommend, uh, you know, what airport you need to come into, the dates, and it's a simple thing. We we'll work with you to help you to get from there, the airport to the hotel. We will work with you to get you from the hotel to the the meeting places. So there will be coordination there, but I'm not planning anybody's itinerary. I'm not saying I'm going to take you by the hand and lead you through. That's up to you. But if you want the info, let me know. We'll be we'll be faithful, happy to send it out. But Brazil, um, we're thankful for what God's doing. Uh, not long ago, we had a picture that Pastor Luciano sent of their youth group. And um, there they all were, proscuneling all through the sanctuary down there in uh, Sao Paulo. That blessed me, as it should you, because that's what the Father looks for. And um, so that's a good report. We have still get reports from what God did while uh, we were together in France with the saints. Uh, got some reports of extended ministry that's been going on and uh, the message uh, of diversities of tongues and proscuneo and of the saints spreading into other Pentecostal Bible-believing movements and um, that's that's a wonderful thing but mostly I'm blessed by the faithfulness and the devotion of our, our saints and the different prayer groups that are scattered throughout France. We've heard some tremendous words uh, concerning what God is doing in Belgium, and there's excitement concerning the the move of the Spirit in Luxembourg. Of course, we're still thankful to ongoingly hear of the hunger of the young people in in Switzerland. These things are all happening, and um, we're so grateful for that um, and we, we continue to pray and seek the Lord concerning those great works so uh, during these um, these months where well it's actually actually only about six weeks that we're suspending the broadcast we'll still be having Wednesday night live and live stream and on Sundays um, that will still be happening, but um, we just look forward to what God's going to be doing and allowing you to enjoy this summer. We will be praying for you, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, initiating this broadcast again in mid-August, and uh gathering together with so many of you in September here. Um, You know, uh, (laughs) funny things happen. I I would be remiss not to give some kind of a a chit-chat. We have to keep that going. I didn't do much chit-chat so far today. Went right in testimonies and right into whatever it is that I was talking about. The Sunday, Sunday morning after service, um, Imani had been ministering to the, to the mighty kids, the little ones, and, you know, she's so good with the kids, but they have what so many of you have done, so many of us have seen over the years. Uh, the kids can earn points I guess through attendance memory verses that kind of thing 
And after you earn a certain number of points, you can exchange those points for little trinkets and little toys, different things that Imani has stockpiled. And uh, that's fun. So my granddaughters come rolling out of class and uh, service is over. We're talking to people. And uh, Megan had a whole handful of stuff, but Allie got a whoopee cushion. Now, some of you may not know what a whoopee cushion is. If you don't, we'll pray for you because you've missed out on, first of all, a great opportunity to do goofy things and in the right circumstances to have a laugh. So the the, the thing is with a whoopee cushion is you it looks almost like a hot water bottle, but it's smaller and you blow it up. It, it, it holds the air in there. And if somebody sits on it, it makes an, a, an unflattering noise. And the idea of it was when you were a kid was that you would get one of these and put it under a pillow or something and then have somebody sit down and, and it would appear that that they were the progenitor of the unflattering noise. How do you like all those euphemisms? And instead of the, the cushion itself. Now, why it's called a whoopee cushion, I don't know. So Allie gets one of these. It's bright yellow. She blows it up, and I happen to be standing there talking to the McClures. And um, I'm sure that in their household over the years, whoopee cushions um, were not foreign. So Ken, being as fun as he is, got this from Allie, and her eyes were bright, and he went over to demonstrate what it did. So he sits down on the thing, and instead of it doing what it's supposed to do, I guess this thing must have been brittle, or maybe the magnitude of the, of the example itself was too much for the whoopee cushion. And instead of it doing what it was supposed to do, it just blew out on the other side to a large pop. Well, this was hilarious from so many angles. The look on Ken's face, the absolute look of, of being startled on Allie's face, the laughter that, that just emanated from me and from Ruby and, and from so many others who saw it. And then to see Ken pick it up wondering what in the world went wrong with this and you could you could, you could tell that it just blew out. He hands it to Allie and he says, I'm sorry. It wasn't his fault. Allie looks at it and peels the thing apart. Now, it's it looks like a shower cap now because it's it's just there. It's just flapping. And Ken gave her $5. That was so sweet of him. He didn't have to do that. It was just, I'd have paid 20 bucks just to see this thing happen. And oh my goodness, the hilarity. We just we just laughed. And and even later on that day, we laughed and laughed and laughed. Uh, and I still I still giggle over it. I mean, it was just priceless. Those kinds of things are gifts from God, you know? I mean, to be able to laugh at something like that as a family is just a treasure. And you know, and I've always felt sorry for people who they all hear about this and and they're just perplexed. The switch of humor in their brain hasn't flicked on, and they can't even fathom how such a thing could even be funny. Why there would be such a thing as a whoopee cushion anyway? Who dreamed up such a thing? I remember seeing them, you know, in the, in comic books. The last page of a com most comic books were all these little things you could mail off and send a dollar or something to order. And a whoopee cushion was always there in that. And um, I, I just, it's a goofy thing, but in this instance, it was just so funny all the way around. Now, some would say, well, how could you do that in a sanctuary? That's God's holy place. Well, I have a suspicion that our Heavenly Father was in on this. And I think he got a good laugh out of it and he enjoyed the, the happiness that was engendered among his his children. 
I can't quote scripture and verse, but the God who laughs at his enemies, winks at his enemies, uh, smites them on their parts behind. You know, I have a feeling that God who gave us the ability to laugh and to enjoy such things really enjoyed that. We sure did. And um, (laughs) it was one of those things where my telling it isn't as funny as what actually happened, but it couldn't have been, if we had scripted the thing, it couldn't have been better characters. I mean, if I were Norman Rockwell, if I could have painted just that scene from for the Saturday Evening Post for the cover, the look on, it was just great. I mean, peripheral vision allowed me to be able to capture the look of surprise, the hearer the hearing of that unexpected noise, the look on Allie's face, the way everybody that was gathered around suddenly just looked up. It it was just, it was priceless. There were so many facets to that diamond of humor and the, the, the levity just sparkled off each of them. And, uh, yeah, I just think, I just think that was just a gift Wish you were here, but we sure we sure enjoyed that. Even Yawali was there. Yawali, I don't know. He may uh, he he may be just a permanent citizen of Dallas. He was still here working on things for his business. It's always great to see him. He was standing there with the McClures, and I don't know if they have such a thing as a whoopee cushion. They'd call it something else in Mexico, I guess, or maybe they don't need them. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe there, there, there are other reliable sources for that noise. I don't know. But uh, we all had a great laugh, and I hope in some ways this brought a smile to your face. And for those of you who think we chit-chat too much, you've probably tuned away already. Uh, but to me, that's that was, that was a, a, a gem. It's something that I'll remember for a long time, and I'm still giggling about it because... It was just funny. Pow! Uh, you know, I, I can only imagine what if, if Olivia had been here. She would have found great delight in that. So when I see her, I'll tell her about it. But anyway, uh, the message that I delivered on Sunday morning was kind of, uh, kind of sober. Maybe God knew we needed that as a, as a humor chaser to the message. Um... You know, the past couple of weeks, Wednesday Night Live and this past Sunday, we talked about um, strategies that are happening in the world now that that are specifically targeting who the church is and um, what it is that we as saints, what our identity is and how it's being confronted by what I would call an anti-saints message. Um, And uh, whether you call this uh, a modernist kind of approach or uh, an an awakened approach or whatever you might call it, um, many of the cardinal beliefs, which I, I know are essential, you know, in the assemblies, we had fundamental truths, um, 16 of them. Uh, we're in the process right now of compiling um, not a whole cacophony of all the things we believe, but at least a handful of things that are absolutely essential if you're going to be a part of the Saints Network. And and I, I see that... Um, the enemy is really um, trying to develop an anti-Christ set of belief systems in a large number of people uh, in different churches throughout our nation. And so we talked about that this past Sunday. And uh, last Wednesday night, uh, I shared something that the Heavenly Father was you know, just conversing with me about from Matthew 13. And 
he was uh, talking about the progression of, first of all, that parable where Jesus talked about the soils. And really it was a discussion about how much you're willing to sacrifice yourself for the fruit that God has called us to produce. And, of course, the end challenge, the, the first challenges begin with disinterest or a lack of being willing to go deep in your roots. Uh, the next one is not necessarily a root problem, but the cares of this world, thorns, opinions of people, uh, irritations of people. Thorns in the Old Testament had more to do with people than any other thing. And the cares of this world are identified as thorns. They pierce the fruit that you've labored to to bring to this point of, of um, uh, in its developmental process. I was going to say fruition, but that would have been fruit and fruition. It's too easy to mix those. Then the last one is that you bear much fruit. And then he goes into these parables about the kingdom. Uh, one of the, the wheat and the tares that look so similar, that look so similar in their infancy and growth, but yet the one is sown by the devil and the other is the true um, harvest that God's intended. And Jesus in clarifying this parable just a few verses later said that the enemy the devil sowed the seeds of the tares and there they are growing up side by side with the wheat and the challenge of some of these heretical views is that they do sound appealing they do sound Christian in some ways but then the zingers start coming and you dig deeper and um, it's almost like an inebriant it's almost like a poison you start nibbling at things before you really investigate the source and before you know it you're buying into something that then leads you into heresy you begin to doubt the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ you begin to doubt the nature of sin. You begin to doubt uh, who Christ was, who Jesus was. You begin to doubt what he actually did at the cross. And you accept other things that really weren't what happened at the cross. You doubt the word of God. You doubt, um, you doubt the character of God the Father himself. You know even some popular teaching you know we we fought many years ago when the the craziness of emma the female angel was being taught through some of the charismatic groups and we put together a a, a teaching uh, pastor paul was at the forefront of this um, to state that angels are not depicted as females but right now god himself god the mother the Holy Spirit is being feminine, is all the rage in some of these heretical doctrines. And, you know, I, I, I'm just stunned by it. I'm stunned. But these things are really captive. I mean, I was shocked by what I mentioned about one of the authors in this modernist movement who has an axe to grind from the homosexual standpoint. Um, usually there's some hook or some, um, some agenda that a person wants to really uh, exercise that leads them down this pathway. Maybe it's that you want to be with a certain group of people who are also embracing this, so you better up your game and know what they're talking about so that you can be accepted and counted among the, the group that you want to emulate. Maybe that's the pathway you follow. But this one of these authors was writing a kind of a, a, a debunking of the ministry to children during vacation Bible school. 
and um, he was he said what to tell your child if your child comes home and tells you they got saved at VBS and he begins by saying you know what everybody's saved everybody's already born again you don't have to accept anything to be born again you don't have to make any kind of confession to God so you're saved whether you knew it or not wow this is being sold as a Christian book and many are believing it I'm sure our church the church down the street here that had a, a Sunday school class devoted to Harry Potter they'll be waving this pretty soon we already got one church up the road uh, that should know better that's embracing this stuff I mean it's permeating the Christian pathways and I mean this this guy goes on and he says all this stuff counseling parents as to how to uh, devalue the experience that a little child had with God at a Christian vacation Bible school you say well a child really doesn't know what they're doing I beg to differ I, I really do beg to differ I remember the morning that I was almost six years old where I walked it was a sunny Sunday morning I walked up the aisle of the church with my mother and knelt at an altar and welcomed Jesus as my Savior ask him to forgive me of my sins I remember that yeah did I have a lot of growing to did I understand everything no I didn't understand everything but um, I remember that day and I believe God did something and I do believe that it initiated some really powerful things in in my life yeah did I still live the life of a of a boy growing up that I do things I shouldn't have done well every person does you know John said if we say we're without sin we lie if we say we've been perfected we lie but we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous but do we continue to sin that grace may abound God forbid um, it's 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 stunning to me of course the question would come if you really have that dim a view of the Christian church the only excuse you have for sending your child to VBS is that you don't want to pay child care that week which really questions your morality and um, I was stunned when I read this article that was sent and uh, to counsel people I remember when we had we had a larger children's ministry and we had VBS and um, so many of the times the little kids would come and then they'd go home and then their parents would come because they had heard this child talk about accepting Jesus and it did something in the life of those parents but to say to a little kid that comes home and said you know what I, I prayed the sinner's prayer accepted Jesus and to tell him you didn't need to do that because the, the church's view on that is wrong. You know, Jesus warned with all the love that he has about those that would be a stumbling block to children, that they would have a millstone cast or put tied to their neck and thrown into the sea. I don't think that was euphemisms for love. Um, I, I'm stunned by this. But it's, listen, it's embracing lots of Methodist churches it's embracing lots of people that should know better and I think dear God uh, you know I, I'm, I know the parable that Jesus taught and it, he says it's about the time of the end and he's told his servants not to go un, and specifically go to war with this kind of thing to uproot the tares because you'll damage you'll damage the wheat so the best we can say is we need to make sure the wheat recognizes what it means to be wheat and let them be wheat. They should eat their Wheaties every day. They should, 
They should be the best wheat they can be. And um, to not cross-pollinate with the tares that are there. To not think, well, you know what, I'm wheat, but I was really born to be a tare. I mean, that's terrible. Oh, that's awful. But, um, you know, I think that Jesus was very clear in no uncertain terms that in the end times, God is going to visit this field and he is going to, his angels are going to uproot those tares. And, um, you know, the, the problem is, I mean, this has always been a quandary for me. Because the enemy hates the message of the saints. He hates the message of sonship. He hates the, the you being an intercessor before the throne. He detests proskuneo. He detests uh, the devoted life of a son doing the work of the Heavenly Father. He detests that. So he's tried all kinds of strategies to uproot people, to disenfranchise them over the years and my challenge has always been you know you can't attack people you know the Lord told me don't defend yourself and don't chase people he told me that right at the beginning and he meant it now there's a difference between defending yourself and equipping yourself and you, you have to warn people. You have to show them what it is that from the Word of God that they have to hold on to and tell them that they got to be really careful lest they be deceived. You have to warn your people. But I, I don't ever remember getting up and castigating or you know, even when people did despicable things, there's a thin line between defending your people and equipping and warning your people and going after those that have done damnable things. Because you run the risk. I mean, you, you really run the risk. You know, there's some that want you to name names and and just just go after folks. But you know what I've learned? is that when you're a leader people are always there are some that will follow you and trust you there are some that will be in your camp but they've got divided loyalties and as soon as you say you got to be careful about this over here watch about this teaching i mean that's all they need to hear to jump ship and go over to a thing that they shouldn't be in and they'll, they'll say all kinds of stuff. It adds fuel to the fire. And it brings schism. So it's best with this to be faithful, to warn your own people, to let them know what should wheat be. And um, to let the angels sort it out. But I'm telling you, this is wickedness. This is the end this is an end time precursor to the spirit of antichrist and the false prophet and it's all plotted by the beast that behemoth kind of a mindset and the enemy is the one that's uh in the commander's chair of it all you know john warned about antichrist said you stay away from them they came out from you there are many antichrists um and and even more now you got to be really careful it's not that you're critical it's not that you're judgmental it's not that you're trying to uh, uh, denigrate someone that's not what we're saying but there's a difference between doing that and sitting at the seat of where this is being promulgated it will affect you so come out from among them be you separate and it's difficult to be that way but god god has always had that same line of thinking um, you know jesus said to his disciples there are many illustrations you can give of this but jesus said to his disciples are you also going to leave 
there were lots of different teachings. There were lots of different people that were speaking about the kingdom and speaking about this and speaking about that. And they said to him, where are we going to go? We know that you're the only one with the words of life. They knew that. Others didn't. They left. And um, so we just, it's a fine line. And I, to be honest with you, to be really truthful, I detest this thing. I, you know, I almost, I almost, oh, I won't say that. But you can see it happening, and it's it's penetrating the mainstream churches, and it's penetrating lots of groups that should know better. Um, we're again in the process of putting together a a policy statement that will be integrated into um, a document of identity for us as a Saints Network, and uh, without bearing malice toward anyone or saying any any negative thing about any other group or any other person we're going to state very clearly what it is that is so readily believed among us and um, you need to you need to to really make sure those cardinal principles are um are embraced and that they're not vacillating within your thinking or you're halting between two opinions. Some of these things are just 101 um, New Covenant. I mean, if, if you have a problem identifying with what Christ did on the cross and why he did it, you got a problem. I mean, there there is no justification for that. I mean, you're you're singing the enemy's hymnal there. If you can't state that Jesus was fully man, fully God, that he came to provide the only way to the Heavenly Father, and that his blood cleanses you from the Adamic nature and from all sin and put you in right standing with God to redeem you to a relationship with the Father. If you can't say that, then I don't really see how you can walk with this fellowship. It's not that we're damning or condemning anyone, but we can't be unequally yoked here. And that's about as dynamic a, a fundamental principle as you can have. I, I, there's no other way to slice it, dice it, and make julienne fries of it. There it is. And um, you say, oh, yeah, but I believe that, but I also believe this. Well, what is that also? What is that also? Um, you know, the Mormons, I thought our greatest, <laughs> our greatest challenge would be with the people who call themselves the Latter-day Saints where they said, well, you know, we believe in the Bible, but there's also this other Bible. And it's, it's, it's also, you know, we've got to believe these other things. And uh, we, we have all kinds of crazy things we can do. We can baptize people who are already in memoriam, who are already dead, and then they'll gain some measure of salvation. They stop doing that publicly because they were being chastised for it but they still believe that i thought that and other things were the only real challenges we had as saints besides a general church that says we've got it all already we don't want to hear any new thing from the bible that's the one thing about it is when we were brought into the crosshairs of a movement and they were ready to give us the left foot of fellowship after they tried to take back property and brand us as heretics whatever it was that we were teaching was in the bible which infuriated them it shouldn't have i mean but these other things are that i've been talking about are um, extra biblical or perversions of things that 
are essential. And so, I, I don't know. I mean, deceiving the very elect is, is scripture. And we're seeing it. Um, so, we got to be careful. We, we, we have to really guard ourselves. Hold fast your profession of faith. And don't let anybody steal not only your crown, but every man work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. Um, these things are, uh, are absolutely essential for us. And um, so over these next months, Please, we used to sing the song when we were little kids. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Um, you you got to be careful. You know, there are a lot of doctrines that I thought, well, that, people are getting wound up about this and wound up about that. It's It's certainly the flavor of the day. And you just kind of wait it out. It goes away. And uh, you don't just get up and keep hammering all these different things. But we, we just have to, we have to be wary. Because our adversary, the devil, in these end times, will do everything he can to circumvent the calling of the remnant. The calling of those that are truly on the narrow road. And uh, those few that are doing their very best to follow the Lord and serve the Father to do his work partnership with the Lord Jesus um, that's that's where we are I you know I used I used to say and I, I believe this still this is the apex I mean to know the Heavenly Father and to be with him and have the spirit of truth guiding you into all truth that the Father selects for you in your point of development, in your point of service, in your line upon line structure of, uh, of being educated in the pneumonicos principles and in accordance with his timetable overall. And it's endless. It's wonderful to be able to have encounters with God and to have the Spirit bring to remembrance His His Word and and to, to know that you are partnering with God in the heavenlies, which is what you're going to be doing throughout eternity. I used to think, this is it. And I still think that. And I think, why would anybody else not want that? Why would, why would anybody else not find that? how deep and how never-ending that glorious prospect is. Wow. But the beauty of it is that there are hungry people all over the world that God has prepared. And our mission is not only strong and current, but it is growing. And the laborers are few. Um, we're doing our very best. Uh, you know, sometimes I have to to just go find a time to pray because uh, and ask the Father to really keep me fresh in my thinking. Because I'm just telling you. I mean, we as intercessors, you've got a lot of things going on. And you've got to manage life. You've got to manage family things. You've got to manage work you've got to manage ministry but for us um, at any given moment we're communicating with groups in different parts of the world answering questions giving counsel uh, trying to put together strategies to help them and to provide for them and you you, you with the, the the advance of of uh, the way we can be in constant contact with people around the world instantaneously um, you, you you spend hours working on things for one nation and then you recognize another nation in the other part of the world is 
asking for the same things but in a different way. And, you know, it, it it's a good thing. God doesn't give us more than we can do. But um, we definitely need to stay in that secret place with our Father. And um, it's His work. It's not ours. He is the one that we're serving. And we have to have that time with Him. That that grace and that prosuke with God. You know, I mentioned in our prayer class the other day about how that, you know, we talked about grace and supplication. We talked about Jesus and prosuke in the New Testament. And we go back to when Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and how that grace put a life demand on him. And, um, but before God created Noah, the Nuach, before God created him, God said, I want one that's going to be able to Nacham with me, one that will be able to sit in my council and that we can talk about things together with. And it dawned on me just in such a wonderful way about how that in itself is grace and supplication. That is God saying, I want someone who will embrace my spirit and represent me in the cause of grace. My eyes, my ways found him, and he stepped obediently into it. But he was created to nacham with God. He was created to commune with God and to hear him in that partnership role that grace avails. How's there anything better than that? That's the chief end of man. You say, well, you know, you said old argument. You're heavenly minded, no earthly good. That's ridiculous. <laughs> We're extended throughout the earth. We're extended morning, noon, and night with different time zones, reaching out to people who are coming before the Father and doing his work through the power of the cross as a son, as a saint, in so many nations. Earthly good? Not having love? Not reaching out to people? Take a look at the mission in South America on that Facebook page. Look at that major city tens of millions of people and there they are saints network baptizing people who have come to the lord through street ministry is that not reaching out oh yeah i don't have a baptism out on the street are you going to chastise us for not doing that we're doing and you're doing what god has called you to do and we're staying true to his word, and we're staying true to the mission that we were invested in from the foundation of the world. And I bless every one of you saints. I ask that God will keep you strong. I ask that you will remain close to him and do the first works. Keep following that first agape. Don't abandon it. It's your strength. It is your lifeline. It is what is absolutely necessary for you to continue in the work in this demanding yet fruitful season. I bless you. I send forth a word of encouragement and strengthening and provision that my God would supply all your needs according to the riches of Christ Jesus in the partnership of his glory. I bless you in the name of the Lord. And I want you to know how proud, well, not, maybe not proud, how fulfilled we are at the prospect of being able to stand side by side with you in the fields of our Father, in his work. Oh, I know the night is coming when no man can, but we're doing what we can now, all of us together, to spread this message while it is yet day. We sure appreciate you, and we love you all, and we bless you. So, adios, Saints Radio, until sometime in mid-August. 
you'll be hearing from us ongoingly about the coming seminar in Dallas. If you're interested in knowing what to do regarding the Brazil seminar, send a note to the church. Ruby will forward it to me, or you can reach out to me. Um, and um, if you have not yet given toward helping us bring these uh, these new family members from Brazil over here for the gathering in, in September, please prayerfully do that. Um, we, we, we're going to do it anyway, but sow into this field. It's a, it's a mighty good one. All right. God bless you, and uh, thanks for joining me. Um, we had fun today, didn't we? I'll miss this, but we're all together before the throne. And uh, we'll look forward to reaching out again tomorrow night on Wednesday Night Live. Till then, God bless you, and goodbye.